Good morning, Hope Church. I'd like to do a few things. I'm going to attempt to do a few things this morning. I want to read some scripture for us. Then I'd like to read a letter that I'm sure many of you received uh, earlier this week. And then I'd like us to go back to that scripture just for a few moments to find some words of encouragement and being reminded what we've been invited into as followers of Jesus. So if you have a Bible with you, I'd love for you to have it open to Mark chapter 8. I apologize. Um, We, uh, on our schedule, preaching schedule, we were going to talk about 21 verses. I'm not going to get to all 21. So (laughs) sorry about that. Just want to think about 10 today. After I read uh, scripture and letter and offer a few words of encouragement, then as Pastor Jim said, the elders will come and just say a few things and then we'll pray and we'll sing. But Mark chapter 8, it says this. During those days, another large crowd gathered around, had gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They are, they've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away, send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have been, have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough food or bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked them. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground and when he had taken seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and he gave them to his disciples to set before the people As they did so, they had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute, distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were present. And having sent them away, he got into a boat with his disciples and went to the region of the Dalmantha. We'll come back to those verses in a few moments. So it's in moments like this you realize the limitation of words to express what you think and what you're feeling in this moment. But words is what we have. So I want to read a letter again that was sent out earlier this week. And I realize many of you received it, but some of you might have not uh, had a chance to read or hear this letter, hear this news. So this might be the very first time you're hearing this, and, and I'm sorry for that. Um, but I want to read this, uh, and then we'll again come back to Mark chapter 8 for a few moments. Dear Hope Church, it is with a sad heart today that I share with you that I've chosen to resign from my position as the senior pastor of Hope Church. Over the last few months, it has become increasingly clear to me that my drive and passion to fulfill this role and the accompanying responsibilities has decreased significantly. The acceptance of these realities has led me to make this hard decision. I believe Hope Church deserves to be led by an individual whose heart and passion is fully invested in this important job and work. I'm humbled by the opportunities I've had over the last seven years in the various roles that I've been able to serve in here at Hope Church. 
These roles have allowed me to develop relationships and connections across our entire church community. <laughs> and I can go on and on about all these opportunities. I'm thankful for the middle school and high school students, along with their families, who participated in those early days of Ignite. I can't say enough for the Ignite volunteers who I had the privilege to work alongside. <laughs> It's amazing to me that you trusted a youth pastor who would eat chocolate out of another youth pastor's armpit. <laughs> Maybe we could talk about that later if you have no idea what I'm talking about. Hmm. I'm indebted to the children's ministry leadership team and the countless volunteers who served so faithfully during the time I was asked to lead that ministry, this ministry. I'm grateful for a church family that was willing, excuse me, to follow a 30-something senior pastor over these last two years. And this isn't in my letter, but I wanted to add this, Jim. I want to thank you for your humility. To allow me to even to open the door for me to serve in this role. It has truly been an honor and privilege to work with every member of the Hope Church staff. No longer being a part of this team is one of the hardest aspects of this journey. While the last 16 months have been marked with significant challenges, I want you to know very clearly that they do not overshadow the feelings of joy and thankfulness and honor that will accompany me as I transition from this role. You might be wondering, what will I do next? <laughs> I've chosen not to pursue another pastoral ministry job, but instead our family plans to remain here in Brunswick while I pursue a new career path. At this point, this new career is, this new career is unclear. It still remains very much in process. So if you know anyone who's hiring, please let me know. <laughs> we are glad, though, that this will allow our family to continue the friendships and relationships that we've established over these years. I will be concluding my time here at Hope Church on Sunday, October 27th to provide continued leadership during this time of transition. The elders have asked Pastor Jim to serve as the interim senior pastor. Our elders have met with Jeff Miller, who's our district superintendent, to begin. They've already met with him to begin discussing the search process ahead for the, for the new senior pastor. The elders will be communicating with you about this process next week. On behalf of my family, I want to thank you. We want to thank you for the countless ways you have blessed and served us. You have been so kind and supportive to us. We consider it an honor and privilege to have served you over these years, these seven years. And we still believe, really in the core of our being, we still believe that God has great things in store for Hope Church and this community. Amen. With much love, Pastor Tom. And thinking all week, how in the world do you transition from that into offering some words of encouragement for Mark 8? But what I want to do, again, not ignoring, not ignoring what we're feeling in this moment. I, I hope you uh, hear that. We're not ignoring what I'm feeling, what you're feeling. And this is hard. This is hard for all of us for many different reasons. And 
So we're not ignoring those realities, but I did, we do think it's important that we just take a moment to think about this last part of our, this priority in our vision as it relates to the three words that we've talked about over these weeks, find, experience, and share. And we want to think about share. We want to think about this word share and sharing hope because even in a midst like this, in a moment like this, in a transition like this, in a change like this, it's, again, it's important. We might not maybe need to hear this today, but kind of maybe put it on the back burner just to be reminded of what all of us as followers of Jesus, whether you're in leadership of a church or you're a plumber, you're a school teacher, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a grandparent, you're retired, you're a middle school student, high school student, what we've been invited in. Into. We've been invited to participate in what God's doing in this world and in this place and in our neighborhoods. And we, get, we are invited to share hope. And I believe Jesus, we, we watch him and his disciples share some hope. It, it came in the form of giving bread, feed, feeding multitudes. As, we, as I read this text, it might have felt like deja vu because this isn't the first time that Jesus has done this. We saw him just a few chapters ago feed a crowd of 5,000 plus. And here we have a crowd of 4,000 plus. Different region, place, location, um, but similar. And we watch Jesus provide some hope. There's action. Bread is distributed and fish is distributed to people and they're satisfied and they're not hungry anymore. The needs are met. And as we think about this, this idea, this priority of sharing hope, it's, it's really, it gets down to action. How will we live our lives? We, we've been invited to demonstrate the character of God through the way we live. We watch Jesus do some things, take some action with his disciples. But it's important to note, I want us to note, that compassion preceded action. Compassion preceded action. Both times, in both feeding accounts, if you will, Jesus said, I have, verse 2, I have compassion for these people. They've been with me a number of days. They're out in a remote region. If I send them away, they'll, they'll pass out on the way. They can't make it home. And in both instances, Jesus has compassion for these people prior to the action, prior to the distribution of bread, to the fish. What is compassion? Compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and then take action to help. It's you acknowledge the suffering, the plight, the difficulty, the needs of other people and, and it's, it, it's more than just I feel bad for them, but it's what can I do to help them? How can I get involved? How can I meet those needs? What, what tangibly can I or we do to help them? Compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and then to take action to help. I don't know how you think about this idea of compassion, I think sometimes we, we look at a word, a response like that, a feeling like that, and we can think I either have it or I don't. I'm a compassionate person or I'm not. Where I, I don't think compassion is something we either have or don't. I, I believe compassion is something we are, we, are, we are to cultivate, 
grow in so that when something happens or we're made aware of a situation, suffering, we feel it. This, this word compassion, it actually gets down into the guts. You, you, you feel it inside. It's more than, again, just I feel bad or I'm sorry for that person, but you feel it inside your gut and you're like, I have to do something about that. I can't just walk by. I can't ignore it. So I believe compassion isn't something we just have or don't have. I think it's something that God desires us all to cultivate and develop because God is a compassionate God. Compassion is not like me trying, like I will never be able to dunk a basketball. I'll never be able to. No matter how much I try, exercise, you know, I will never be able on a regulation hoop be able to dunk a bat. That's why I love our hoop in our yard. We can lower it. So when the kids and I play, I mean, I'm dunking all the time over them. I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> but it's, I, I won't. I, I can't do that. Or some can. Some can dunk a basketball very well, and some can't. That's, compassion isn't like that. Compassion is something I believe we all, all grow in. So how do we grow in it? I believe one of the ways we grow in compassion is by the hard work of putting ourselves in someone else's shoes. Our situation, our su- we might have never experienced the suffering that that person is experiencing, but we can do the hard work of trying to put ourselves in their shoes, so to speak, or in their lives, say, what would it be like if that was my family? What would it be like if that was my child? What would it be like if that was my situation? I've never experienced that, but, but, but what would that be like? And to try, and if, if there's the opportunity to even ask those types of questions to those people, tell me what you're experiencing. And, and I like what Frederick Buechner, he's, he's an author, he, he's, he says this about compassion. He says, compassion is the capacity for feeling what it is like to live in somebody else's skin. It is the knowledge that there can never really be any peace and joy for me unless there is peace and joy finally for you too. It's that, that hard work of putting my, trying to put myself in someone else's skin. What would it be like to be that person or what they're going through? It's interesting to me to even think about that idea, putting yourself in someone else's skin when we think of what Jesus did. He put himself in skin, so to speak. He incarnated. He, God, the creator of all, took on flesh and stepped into humanity, became a man and walked on this earth. And so when he says, I have compassion for these people, they're hungry. It's interesting to think about when has Jesus been hungry? Think of a few times. One, he's in the wilderness. He's fasting. He's hungry. He knows what it's like to not have food. And then there's also the passage in Matthew 25 when he talks about, as you've done for one of the least of these, you've done for me. And in that whole list, it talks about when you feed those who need food, you've done it for me. Jesus put himself 
sort of in skin and stepped into our world and our experiences. And so when he says, I have compassion on them, he, he is, again, representing his divinity, saying God has compassion on all people, but at the same time, he is showing us as a man, what does it look like to have compassion for other men, other people, to say, I, I want to do something about that. So as we believe, or as we think about this priority just today for a moment about sharing hope, and it, there's a lot of action, living this out, living out our faith, and we show hope in a lot of different ways, but, but we just don't do it just because, you know, the Bible says, but we do it from a heart of compassion because God is a compassionate God, and he wants to work through you and I to show his character to people that are suffering, all different kinds of suffering. And we get to show up. But I, don't, I think we will struggle with it if we don't continue to develop this heart of compassion. We'll struggle with it. Because we'll look at suffering, we'll look at situations, and, and especially if it's not ours, something we've walked through, we can easily make judgment calls about that or those people, what they're going through. But to try to say, what would it be like? What would it be like to be walking in their shoes? What would it be like to be that family? What would it be like to be that individual? What would it be like if that was my child? And we develop this heart of compassion. And Jesus has this response. It's interesting. He says, I have compassion for these people. But then he asks his disciples, how many loaves do you have? You. Wait a minute, Jesus. You're concerned about them. (laughs) Why don't you do something? But he says to his disciples, how many loaves, how many loaves of bread do you have? Jesus feeds the people. We know he multiplies the bread there. He passes out the baskets. There's more than enough. There's ample leftovers, bread picked up. Jesus feeds the people, but he, and then he invites his disciples into the feeding of his people, of these people, this crowd. Jesus is continually um, um, helping his disciples know, I have, this, I have this response, this compassion, but I'm going to work through you to meet the need. And I believe as Jesus looks at the people that you work with on a regular basis, the people that you go to school with, the people in your neighborhoods, the people in your homes, the people in your families, he's saying, I have compassion for them. How many loaves do you have? What do you have? What do you have to meet those needs? I want to do something in their life. And I want to work through you. The resources they had were meager, to say the least. Seven loaves, a few fish, for 4,000 plus people. But in the hands of God, they multiplied. So I wonder today, Hope Church, how many loaves do you have? What are the meager resources that you have? What do we have? We're not talking about bread and fish today, although finding, helping someone find hope might be providing bread. (laughs) Fish, if they like fish, I guess. But what do you have? What do we all have? We all have time, we all have talents, and we all have treasures. Time, we all have the same amount. We all have the same amount of time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, our length of time obviously will be different. The length of days on this earth will be different. But I believe time is one of our most valuable resources that we have. 
And you might have a very, you might have a, you look at your time, your schedule, your, you might, like I got, I get three hours in a week. How might God, might, how might God use those three hours? Maybe it's giving someone time to listen, to care. Maybe it's volunteering. I don't know what it might be, but what about talents? We all have different talents and abilities and wiring and skill sets, and, and those are not by chance. We believe we are intimately put together by God to, for, for, with passions and priorities. And some of us here today, you feel greater burdens for certain people or situations than other people do. And let's not feel guilty about that. Some people just have this uncanny ability because of how God has wired them to step in the situations that some of us are like, I couldn't even touch that. And I believe that's per, the person is perfectly put together by God to step into those. So we don't feel guilty about that. Like, I can't do what they do. But, but we look and say, God, how have you wired me? What have you wired me? The passions and priorities. And even the uncanny burdens for certain people or situations that your unique wiring and talents and abilities can step into to provide some hope. And what about treasures, resources? Again, it's not about how much. And we're not just talking money. But your homes, our places we call home, our vehicles, our stuff. Can we use our stuff in a way that would help people as situations arise to find some hope? I just want to end with this. So we think about this heart of compassion. I think it's good to be reminded. I need to be reminded of this again today. That God is a God of compassion. And he wants to use all of us to help share hope. I believe hope is in great need today. I think you know that. It's in great need today. We have an incredible God who's compassionate. He looks at the suffering of people and he says, I have compassion on them. How many loaves do you have? I want to work through you. What do we have? So today, let's be reminded again of what we've been invited into by God who created you and I. And let's be encouraged, hope to share hope within those circles of influence who need hope today. I want to pray for us and then the elders will come and say a few things and then we'll pray and we'll sing. So Lord, I want to thank you for Mark chapter 8 and just... Uh, the things you've taught us today is much more there, but thank you that you're a God of compassion. You say, to the, you say, I have compassion on these people. You have compassion on all people. And you invite us as your followers to be vessels, to be people that you can show your character through. So today, may we just simply be reminded of the opportunities in front of us, the people around us each day. And might we follow your leading to share hope with people. Might that passion never fade here at Hope Church. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Why don't we just express appreciation to our brother.
One thing we have is love to share with our brother. Go ahead and be seated for just a moment. I'm going to ask if the elders would come and their wives and Lori, if you'd come and stand up here with Tom. And we'd like to just have a, give the elders a chance to speak to you for a moment. Uh, George Panna is one of our elders. And um, just know that in the days ahead, if you have questions or you'd like to speak with them, you can certainly do that. But George has some words to share with us, and then we're going to pray together for Tom and Lori. This past Sunday, uh, the elders met with Tom, and um, we heard the news that you heard today. And uh, after Tom left, we uh, gathered together for about an hour or so to process and to pray. Uh, the following day on Monday, we met with the pastors. We met with Jeff Miller, the district superintendent. We'll be meeting with him in uh, a week from this Tuesday. Uh, but once more, after the pastors had left, after Jeff Miller had left, we got together to process and pray. And Bob Hershey, who is the vice chairman of the elders, uh, would be speaking here today, but he had another speaking engagement. He asked me to speak and to share a few words. And as I asked the Lord what that would be, the Lord reminded me that nine years ago, at the second service, Hope It Had, not the official one yet, I was asked to share my story of hope. And uh, that was over at the PAC. And at the end of that, I shared the following scripture verse that the Lord had placed upon my heart. And that's from Romans 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. May you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Once more, if we take a look at that verse, we understand it says, May, the word may means to allow. Allow the God of hope to fill you with joy and peace. How does that happen? As you trust in him. Then we can overflow with hope. Well, how is that possible? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. A week or so ago, Pastor Tom mentioned we've been talking now for three weeks about finding hope, experiencing hope, and sharing hope. But one of the things we know about biblical hope is it means assurance. Hope is the assurance of things not seen. And so once more, as we take a look to the future, the assurance, they have hope of the assurance of things not seen. We have the hope the assurance of things not seen, where the Lord's going to be leading us. So here's the key. Allow the God of assurance to fill you with his joy and his peace as we trust in him. Then we'll be able to overflow with assurance through the power of his Holy Spirit. As we've said, if you are in need of hope, if you need to find hope, look to Jesus. If you need to find assurance, look to Jesus. If you need to experience hope, if you need to experience assurance, look to Jesus. 
And if you need to share hope, share that assurance you have, share Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you to do three things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to pray. Be praying for Tom and Lori and their family as they journey down this new path the Lord has called them to. They're stepping out in faith. The things aren't seen yet. But pray for them. We also are going to ask you to be praying for Hope Church and the the pathway the Lord is leading us on as we look to Jesus as well. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do is, if you haven't already done so, right outside that wall back there, Romans 15, 13, is up on the wall. I'm going to ask you to memorize that and pray that. Allow the God of Hope Church, allow the God of hope and assurance to fill you with his joy and peace as you trust in him, as we trust in him collectively. Okay? And the third thing is, the Lord Jesus said that they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let us love deeply. Let us love well. Let us use this time to pour our love upon Tom and Lori. Embrace them. Let us show our love for each other here. Let us prove we're truly the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And wherever God, God calls us, we know he's with us. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks that we can come to you in the times of change. Lord, we know that change is always difficult because it's uncertain what the future holds in store. And yet, these things happen that we might learn not to rely on ourselves, but upon you. And so, Lord, we want to pray now for the outpouring of your blessings to be upon Tom and Lori as you guide and direct their steps into a future that you know, but they're still waiting upon you to share and to show. Lord, we love them dearly. May we embrace them in the days and weeks ahead. And may they sense your love flowing through us to them. Father, I pray your hand would be upon them. You'd grant them your grace, your comfort, your peace, your joy, your healing, Lord, and your guidance step by step along the way. And Father, I pray the same thing for Hope Church, that we would love well, that we'd fix our eyes on you, that we would allow you to lead us. For as the song we sang many, many years ago, as it states, greater things are still to come in this city and in this church and in our lives because of you. May all that we do bring you glory and honor and praise. We ask this now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.